Okay, my friends, I'd love to know, does anyone else here have a foot-shaped mouth? I mean, I have really put my foot in my mouth so many times, I can't even count. So if you could just do me a favor and put in the comments the most stupid, hurtful, or shameful thing you've ever said, just put it out there on the internet for, I'm just kidding, please don't do that. But if you've ever said something that you wish you hadn't have said, and you're like, oh, I need to pull that, pull that back, today is for you and there's also hope here we are working through the book of james and we're coming we're going verse by verse because james is a book written to people in transition and as we approach whatever is coming next this next season i think james is it's uh, some people have called this the proverbs of the new testament and also this is specifically addressed to people who are Jesus followers. And if you're here just checking things out, uh, maybe someone invited you and you, you don't, you're new to the church thing, you're new to the Jesus thing, you get to sit back today and you get to um, really think about whether the Christians in your life are, are walking this out. Uh, so you're not on the hook for this. But those of us who claim to follow Jesus, this is God's word and we are on the hook for, for what James is saying about we, uh, how, we, how we follow Jesus and the words that actually come out of our mouth. So for those of you who are note takers, I'm gonna give you the three basic points right up front. Um, and you can write these down and we'll expand on these and unpack them as we go. But first, uh, James is saying that small items can often do and, and control bigger things. He says the, the kingdom that's opposed to heaven is it's actually after your tongue. It's after the words that come out of your mouth and that when hell influences the tongue, it will result in this severe double-mindedness, irrational, like the, the, the thoughts and the beliefs don't line up with the actions. That's a lot of what we talked about last week. So uh, that's that's what we're talking about. The the. The small things can control bigger things. Uh, the kingdom of hell is after your tongue. And when, that, when, when we allow our tongues to be used by Satan, like, it makes us crazy. So let's jump in. Uh, navigate to James chapter 3. Uh, open your Bibles or, or, or navigate there. And we're just going to start with verse 1 and 2. Uh, teachers and pure speech. Uh, James says, Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that those who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect and able to keep their whole body in check. Now, um, obviously, he's writing and saying not everyone should like aspire to be teachers. So obviously, there was a little bit of uh, like status, and uh, there were some people trying to say like, well. I know what's going on. Like, uh, I know, guys, when I was in college, I used to do this all the time with my friends. And I'm sure it was so annoying. It could be a statistic about sports, it could be something about science, it could be, um, uh, oh, ooh, advice about girls or how women work. And uh, I could say something, and my friends, no matter what I say, would contradict it. Or my friend could say something, and no matter what he said, well, actually, uh, that player is not that good. He only hit 372 or whatever. Like uh, we were, a, it, it's that kind of attitude. Like I'm setting myself up 
to be the expert and a little bit of competitive listening. Uh, so for those of you who are middle school teachers, you know what I'm talking about. That That's the dynamic going on here. And, and the whole, uh, th these two verses set up the rest of the text that we're going to examine today. And humility is the point for everybody. Like for those of us who have a teaching call, a leadership call, and we all have uh, a, a design by God uh, to lead something, whether it's in our home, whether it's with our kids, whether it's at the office or in the church, God wants us, but uh, we shouldn't aspire out of that, like, I want to be the expert motivation. We hold that loosely and say, I know when I step up, when I stick my neck out there, the people that I'm responsible for, the people that I'm serving, they get to say and, and, and look back and, and see if your actions and my actions actually line up with what we say we believe. So it's hard. I'm sure it was hard to be a leader then. My goodness, it took a lot of maturity with, with all the dynamics going on for Jesus followers in the Roman Empire with a Jewish background. Extremely hard. It's hard to be a leader of any kind right now. Uh, that's why no matter what you believe or how you vote, like praying for the leaders is a big deal. It's a command in scripture. Maybe you pray, maybe your prayer is, dear Jesus, like help that person, that politician or that leader, or whoever to like, they've lost their minds. Um, leaders need your prayer and pastors need your prayer and, and your life group leaders need your prayer. And, and we're praying for you in the areas that you lead. Uh, and uh, humility is needed. It was needed then. And I think humility, this, this not aspiring to have status and I'm the teacher, I'm the expert. Did you notice at the beginning of the pandemic in March and April of 2020, um, my inbox filled up with people who knew what to do. It filled up with people who said, well, this is how you can make it through that. Three easy steps to make it through the pandemic. How you and your church can thrive. And uh, I'm sure they were all well-meaning, but the truth is so many of us had no clue what to do. And, um, and I, I'm so thankful for people like James who would say, okay, when you don't know what to do and you need wisdom, ask. God gives it freely. Um, humility, humility, humility. It's the overarching theme in, in this text today. And uh, I know we can kind of get like, well, I'm so humble. I take, that's like the best thing about me. I take great pride in my humility. Like we all know, like, yes, we need to be humble. But are we really? Like a lot of us having, sometimes our, our, our pride switches over into a false humility. And like, well, I'm, I don't know anything. I, I, and we become timid. Uh, there's, there's a balance here that uh, James is, is, wants us to, to look at, and it, and it really involves, we can, we can check how humble we are and get a good little uh, temperature check, a little litmus test of how humble we are if we start to look at the words that come out of our mouths. So let's go to verse 3 through 5. Uh, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships, for example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small, notice that word, is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. 
There's that humility again, or the lack of humility. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. So there's so many images here. As a pastor and a former youth pastor, we could, we could do like three months on this. There's the bit in the horse's mouth and the rudder. I want to point out here, those are both presented as good images. You can, I mean, a horse, especially in the first century, I mean, there's no cars. Like you can actually have transportation and increase the range of, of what you can do and the stuff you can carry. And that's made possible by this little bit in a horse's mouth. A rudder can help propel you across the face of the earth, uh, channeling the power of currents and winds across vast oceans. Those are really good things. And he immediately follows up with this image of the human tongue and it's not used in a positive light. Uh, one commentator said, the tongue is awesome. And I'm a product of my own generation. And my mom and my grandparents used to pick on me for overusing the word awesome. And it was uh, rightly so. And also uh, misusing the word in, in circumstances that it didn't even belong in. But this commentator points out that the tongue is awesome. It can be a good thing. But also, also, awesome can mean like dreadful, like powerful, the, the power to destroy. Uh, the tongue is an awesome thing, and it's not presented in a positive light. And while I was reading the verses, I don't know if you caught, out, uh, caught this, but when he talks about the body, and then or the, the small tongue, and then the body, it's a small part of our body, and then there's the boasting again. And that, that's kind of the, the impulse from verses 1 and 2, like to not boast about who we are. Uh, James is actually doing a cool wordplay in the original language. Small is micron, the body is melos, and then megala is, is boasting. Micron, melos, megala. Uh, really building on like, hey, this is a small thing and it can lead to, if it's unchecked, this boasting really means in the Jewish background, believers would have known this. When, when you're boasting, especially in that culture, it's idolatry. Boasting about yourself is an attempt to put yourself in the place of God. Harking back to images of Satan, uh, Lucifer, uh, the, the head of the angels, well, wanting to take some of God's glory. It goes back to the beginning of the Bible, Adam and Eve doubting. Oh, maybe God doesn't, does God really love us? Taking the, the, uh, the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. Like all those images are swirling around here. And the tongue is, is the image of saying, we have to watch out. I remember one of my bosses uh, talking to me after I uh, got a little snippy. Uh, there was an interpersonal conflict and my fight or flight kicked in. And he called it Weird Mike. Because uh, I was, I had a good heart. I wanted to defend this volunteer that was trying to do the right thing. And there were other volunteers that were mad at her. And I just said, you just need to listen to her. And it got weird. And what I said was actually true. This person had a position, had earned trust and, and was serving and wasn't, uh, everything I said was true. This person wasn't trying to just prop themselves up. But I said it in a reactive way. And even though my words were true, even though I was right, I was right in the wrong way. And my tongue caused damage. 
and I hurt the feelings of the people and, and I didn't help the situation at all. And my boss said, Mike Collins, you are responsible for the words that come out of your mouth. And that's always stuck with me. Like, I'm responsible for these. And a lot of us say, well, I just can't help it. I got so angry and I, and I said it. Like, I get that. And that's what it feels like. But I want to do uh, just a little exercise for every, uh, everybody. Just follow along. And if you're, if you're watching this in a coffee shop, and I hope you are, this is going to be awesome. What I want you to do is to, with me, on the count of three, stick your tongue out. What a great image. I never thought before we had an online, uh, there would be an image of me sticking my tongue out on the internet forever. But I'm going somewhere, stick with me. If you're watching this with somebody, stick your tongue out at whoever you're watching this with. All right, you made a choice to stick that tongue out. Now stick your tongue out and make a ah sound. Ah. Right. Isn't this fun? Like you're making a choice to do that. And if we're not careful uh, with our words, if we're not watching it's this tongue, and your brain and your heart, they're all connected. And if we are not deeply connected to Jesus, the source of life, and watching what's going on, if we're not aware of what's going on underneath the surface, things do just bubble out. If we're not aware that we're in a stressful situation, we can feed into that anxiety. And it's just amazing to think about how the human body, a word can come out of our mouth travel across the air, it goes into the ear and the, the eardrum beat, or the, the bones beat. Those of you who are doctors now are going like, oh gosh, but stick with me. The process, it gets into your ear and the eardrum works and the nerves transmit all of this data to your brain and your brain filters it and it can actually, your words are doing all of that to somebody else and they can actually kick in the other person's fight or flight response this small micron part of your mellows body can turn into boasting Magala. Like, and also, he compares these, these good images of a bit and a rudder, and then the tongue uh, is, is bad, and he talks about it as a forest fire. Like, as a, at first I just read past it, but let's stop there for a second, because if you're, you're going with the, the image of, of small things controlling bigger things, I probably would have said like, okay, bit controls a horse, uh, rudder controls a ship, and an ax can cut down a tree, if you want to use a destructive term. But James ups the ante. The, the spark can, can come from your tongue and start a whole forest fire even more like this is tinier than a horse's bit tinier than a rudder but it can it has the potential control to control something even larger it can burn down an entire region this is james is saying watch out watch out for the awesome power of the tongue in verses 6 through 12 he goes on to unpack more of the power of the tongue he says the tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures 
are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. This is not very positive. With the tongue, we can praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we can curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praises and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. There's a lot of images like lions and poison and and salt water and figs and all these things. Oh my. Like he's saying we can train our dogs but we, we have a hard time taming our tongues. We can, uh, I remember going to the circus and the first time when I was a kid, watching a lion tamer open the lion's mouth and put his head in the lion's mouth. Like reading through James, I was thinking, my goodness, that lion tamer is safer than some of us who live with people who are verbally abusive. Like when we go into a situation and we feel anxiety of because the words that are going to come at us, like it, it hurts, it causes trauma to our, our emotions and to our bodies. I was thinking about also like at SeaWorld, like they had those orcas and they train uh, orca whales, gigantic ones and dolphins. Like we can do that, but we still haven't tamed our tongues. Like this is a big deal. God can tame anything. But James is saying, watch out, watch out. And there's a this progression here. There's a multitude of evils, he says, in impure speech. And the whole person, it's not just your tongue that's corrupted. When we let that thing go, our whole selves are corrupted and our even our social, our interconnectedness that can be corrupted by our tongues and more that it, so it extends to our whole lives and it, it it exposes in this section the source of the tongue's evil like it actually when we don't tame our tongues when we just let the word words fly it's like giving hell direct access to a megaphone like this is heavy stuff I'm really glad earlier on in this passage, James says, everybody stumbles. Like, no one is going to get this right 100% of the time. But moving towards, like, what, what does this matter? And I think this matters a lot in 2021. Um, I think it, uh, for those of us who are Jesus followers, this is a very clear teaching that verbal abuse is a sin. It misses the mark. That is not God's design. And when we don't, when we just make excuses, when we justify, it just came out of my mouth. Like, we have to call it what it is. Letting our tongue fly off at the handle and reactive speech, even if what we're saying is true, verbal abuse is a sin. But don't worry, stuffers, I see you too. If you stuff things, just know, like, silence can also be violent. Silence can be violence. You get mad and you have that same fight or flight reaction, your, your face flushes a little bit and you say, well, I'm not gonna talk to them. But like that can also, that communicates. 
I think that's an extension of the tongue. And when that's going on, that's a cue for us. Like the, the light that pops up on our car. And I hate it when that happens. That's when we need to go into the shop. When we feel that, we need to get with Jesus saying, I've stepped out of your grace. I'm trying to control things. I'm trying to, I, I'm, God, help me to channel these passions. And it may be a righteous anger that you're feeling. But get back in step with Jesus so you can speak the truth in love. So I'm not advocating for just stuffing everything. More importantly, James is not advocating for just stuffing all of our anger. And James isn't advocating for just letting, letting it fly because that's the way I am or that's my culture. That's, that's how my family did it. He's saying this reactive speech has no place in the life of the believer. Maybe the impulse is to have the last word. If that's also an indication like, okay, there's some heart work. Jesus wants to get in there. Going back to the humility theme in this. Maybe it's our pride. This says we can just never let somebody else have the last word. Uh, there's so many famous uh, internet memes right now. And I've got on social media, I'm friends from high school and college with all over the spectrum, atheists, agnostics, Christians, progressive Christians, conservative Christians, um, people in other countries. And I see everybody do it. I'm not picking on one particular end of any kind of spectrum. But there's a meme on the internet that has a video clip of, of people in debates. And it'll say, so-and-so destroys a conservative. So-and-so destroys a creationist. So-and-so destroys an evolutionist. And I was thinking, um, that like, it's, it's a great bait for to get our eyeballs on it, but watching somebody let their tongue fly to destroy somebody else like if we're really seeking the truth like that word even destruction imagine okay i have spoken the truth and i have destroyed you and the other person is emotionally has a has the equivalent of a black eye and they're all bloody and just okay now the truth is spoken think about that image and think about what that does to the people watching it they receive those sound waves. Their fight or flight is engaged. And they either say, yes, this person I agreed with destroyed that other person. Or on the flip side, oh, they feel I've, it's, it translates into a personal attack. I've been destroyed. How in the world is that helpful? James says, and don't get mad at me, James says, these are people made in God's image. When you destroy somebody with your tongue, you are destroying something made in the image of God. That's God's child. They may not know it yet, but they're made in the image of God. They may need to hear what you're saying, but they'll never hear it if it comes from that impulse of just reaction. Uh, you know, Another thing my, my boss used to tell me with interpersonal conflict is, um, are you bringing gasoline to the fire or, or are you bringing water? Are you de-escalating? Because when we're in fight or flight, when we're in that, your body doesn't know whether you're running from a bear <laughs> or landing a jumbo jet or in an argument. It all feels the same. And when we're in fight or flight, Everyone involved gets dumber. It's a, it's a fact. We can't use all of our brain. And James is advocating for taking a deep breath 
James is advocating for staying so close to Jesus. If we take following Jesus seriously and, say, and, and taking that pause or maybe sleeping on it uh, before we react and, and try to engage, to search and find the truth, uh, having the last word, uh, engaging in, in conversation should never involve destroying somebody. It should never involve ripping someone up one side and down the other. And now, I'm sure James, if he knew all of the tools that we have available to us to destroy everybody, like one of my applications here uh, is that tweeting is the new tongue. Whether you tweet or not, I don't even know who tweets other than famous people. <laughs> I don't have a lot of friends that tweet, but I see it all the time. Tweeting is a new tongue. And James would apply this to that and say, oh, it's so easy to, you, you get frustrated and I'm just going to set them straight. Or have you ever, I don't advocate this because it's really depressing. If you read the comments section on a, on a news article or a blog post, it's like the dread, the, the lowest uh, common denominator of human thinking. It's depressing. I, I don't do it. Tweeting is the new tongue. And, and James would say that has no place in the life of a believer because it's just adding fuel to the fire of a planet and cultures that are on fire. Um, you know, back in Rome, they had this new tweeting and social media. It's still a relatively new technology. And the Romans had this amazing technology that they came up with. I know I tend to think of ancient Rome, especially first century, you know, I think of that as so um, primitive. But there were amazing amazing technologies available in ancient Rome. They had running water going throughout the city of Rome. These, this amazing metal that was pliable enough. They could get sometimes even hot water flowing through these pipes. They were lead pipes. This amazing new technology they didn't know was poisoning them. And sometimes I wonder if social media in this way, like maybe that's our lead pipes. And we need to, of course, harness it. We're, we're here right now because of this amazing technology. But James would caution us to really think deeply about how we're using it and which pipes we're listening from and how we engage on it. Maybe it's poisoning us and maybe we shouldn't be on it so much. Do we have Roman pipes? Are we using these technologies? Are we engaging with people through a lead pipe? Are we, are we injecting more lead into our conversations? I mean, because that's leading to cyberbullying and talk about bringing fuel, uh, gas to a fire, inflammatory comments. It has no place in the life of a Jesus follower. So ask yourself, like what... Uh, your, your casual comments about current social issues. Uh, you may be right. Uh, what would they say uh, to an outsider uh, in, the in a church lobby? What would your casual comments, if overheard by a first-time guest, what would it say to them? Would it say, you're not welcome here? Or would it say, oh, there's a person I could engage with and maybe ask them questions? Would it make them feel safe? Or if people hear your comments or read your comments, would it say, whoa, that person's a hothead. That's not a safe place. James is advocating 
here. If we submit our words, it has, it has a far-reaching effect. If we submit our words to Jesus, we'll never get it perfect. We're, we're human beings. But taming the tongue makes us a safe person for Jesus to bring people to. Maybe for those of us who followed Jesus for a long time, we're wondering like, oh my goodness, I haven't led someone to the Lord in months or years or decades. Maybe one of the reasons is people can hear and see uh, see what you're, you're living, hear your words, and hear what you believe, and they don't match up, and they say, I don't want any part of that person. Maybe this is the place to start. I mean, Take it back to the words of Jesus, Matthew 12, 33. Jesus says, make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers. How can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. That's the words of Jesus. And going back to Rome, and I know James is, is fairly clearly to me drawing on his, his older half-brother's words, like, all right, this is an indication of what's going on. And if, if evil things, evil fruit is coming out of our mouths, that's the indication for us to say, I'm out of step with Jesus. Jesus, help. What's going on in my heart? Get curious. Like, why am I hanging? Why does that bother me so much that I communicate in that way? Going back to to ancient Rome, this pagan Roman culture was incredibly immoral. Not to get incredibly graphic here, but if, if we used our bodies the same way the ancient Romans did, there are things they did that were commonplace that, that even in the most uh, immoral culture on earth, like they'd be arrested. Like, so James knew what he was talking. He, he, he knew the culture. There was, there was morality problems in the culture that needed to be addressed. Um, and I'm thinking, he, he starts with the tongue? <laughs> he doesn't say, oh, go talk to the Romans about all the crazy parties they're having. He says, if you're concerned with the direction of the way the world is going, do you have a humble heart? What are the words that are coming out of this is to ancient Rome. So I think we'd be wise to take James up on his advice and do a checkup on the words that are coming out of our mouths. And you know, here at Solid Ground, we, we, one of our values is a peaceful, uh, peaceful resolution to conflict. And we have a, a peace position. And I know even as I said that, a lot of you, your minds immediately went to to real world problems. Uh, and we're praying for Afghanistan. There's conflicts all over the world. And, and what happens if someone breaks into your house and tries to hurt you and your children? I totally get that. But what if we first started applying Jesus' words to our interpersonal lives, to love our enemies, 
to go the second mile, to not repay evil for evil? What if, if we start here and submitting our mouths, the words that come out of our mouths to Jesus, if we want to change the world and we can, we can set the world on fire with our tongues, imagine what it could be if we had truth and beauty and encouragement come out of our mouths. What if that sets a different kind of fire? What if that sets a Holy Spirit fire in your interpersonal connections, through your Facebook, through your relationships, through when, when non-Christians see that, that you have, have, uh, have made peace with someone, a, a relative that you've been alienated from for six months or two years, uh, and, and you still may not see eye to eye, but you engage them with a non-reactive heart of Jesus, and still uh, we have healthy boundaries and all that. But James is saying, if you want to change the culture, if you're concerned about the way the world's going, here's step one. Get this, get this set in, in under control. Let Jesus control it. And then watch what God does with it. So I don't know about you, but I need to repent right now and, and point my heart to Jesus and, and re-surrender my heart and my mind to Jesus. And I want to invite you to do the same. Uh, so let's just take a moment here and take a deep breath and reflect on our life and ask God if there's any offending way in us that we would hear the voice of God saying, son or daughter, I can redeem even the broken words that you say. And maybe for some of you, maybe for some of you, you need to repent for the words that you've been telling yourself. Maybe you've been violent. Maybe you wouldn't say you say things to yourself i know there's some of you watching right now this isn't in my notes but i know there's some of you watching right now that you wouldn't dare say things to other people that that you say to yourself maybe that's that's the place to start right now for you and let's go on the journey together let's make a new start today let's pray we need your help in this area jesus so right now, we point our hearts to you, we resurrender our lives, and we ask that, that you would redeem our minds, our will, and the words that come out of our mouth. As we focus on you, we give you praise in this moment and ask that you would, you would, you would bring it to mind when we're about to say that hurtful thing. And you would give us those precious 10 seconds or 10 minutes that we need so we can speak the truth in love. Dear Heavenly Father, we, we repent. We turn away from the evil things we say about ourselves and others and ask that you would use our speech to redeem this world, to redeem our relationships. Use us for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, my goodness, we went through a lot of stuff today. I would love to know um, how, how this works for you. I have one, um, one encouragement, uh, just to read uh, Matthew chapter 18 every day this week. There's some stuff in there about uh, the proper procedure for, for going through conflict. And um, just as a reminder, uh, and to watch the words, who we talk about. Um, and let's go on this journey together. And as we do, 
I want to hear uh, how you're doing. You can go to sgbic.com and drop us a quick line there. If you need help in this area, if you need to talk to somebody about this, this is stuff we all struggle with and we're all in it together. We would love to know how you're journeying, uh, how you're doing on this journey. And if you have a, a win, we want to celebrate you. And if you're kind of struggling, we want you to know like, hey, you, you're not struggling alone and we can help get you to the back, uh, back to the right spot. So uh, please don't be shy about reaching out to us. And if, if you are listening to this uh, and you're not a Jesus follower and you're saying like, wow, that's the kind of life I want to be. I resonate with that. I want to know more about following Jesus. Or maybe you're at that point where you're like, all right, I need help. I need to surrender to Jesus. Um, we've got a link here you can click on and um, talk to someone who can walk you through that process. And we would love to be a part of it. So uh, let me bless you as we prepare to go back out into the world and to speak truth and beauty and life uh, into our situations and into, um, into our relationships. So may the Lord bless you. May you hear him Use the words that are coming out of his mouth to call you son and daughter. And may the Lord keep you. May you sense God turning his face towards you and smiling upon you. And may the Lord give you his peace. May you know God's name, hear the Holy Spirit's voice, and may you always put your identity in Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. And we'll see you soon.